0: Thank you for subscribing to KCWG The Truth Extra, our premium content channel. We have copies of our shows, plus exclusive content from our hosts and their guests. Also, as a subscriber, you'll be invited to participate in giveaways and events. Thank you for supporting and listening to KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet.
1: Good evening with KCWGTheTruth.com. You're listening to the best internet radio station on the planet. You're here with your host. It's my show, Real Love, Real Truth. You cannot have real talk unless you have real love. I'm your host, T. Russell, and we are live and we are going to talk about some really awesome issues. Um, this is a TV, this is a radio talk show that talks about the contemporary issues of the world, in our nation. Um, You know, I don't know what you have to do right now, but just like Pastor Stark says, go get something to eat, go get some popcorn, uh, go get a soda or two and some coffee. You're gonna enjoy this show. We're gonna talk about today, mentorship and leadership. And as we look around the world today, we definitely need mentorship and we definitely need leadership. I am going, I have a special guest, uh, which is my mentor, And if it was not for her, I would not have made it professionally. Um, I was a person coming in that really did not understand psychology, did not understand the university mindset. I did not understand too much about the streets. But God allows those people in your life to be set apart, and she is the one that really gave me an inspiration to do what I do. So I want to introduce her. She is also... Uh, A a great school psychologist, university professor, teacher, counselor. I want to give a little background. She's been in education for 40 years. Um, She's the school psychologist that when the San Diego schools were doing the shooting, she was that person on site. She is a person that is awesome. Bachelor's degree, two master's degree. And she is a mentor to many people in the San Diego area. I want to introduce... Uh, my mentor, my friend, uh, my colleague, and hope many, many years to come that we can still have that great relationship. I want to introduce Nell Clark. How you doing now? Hi, Thomas. <laughs> how are you doing? Hey, I, I am so excited to have you, and uh, I've been talking about you uh, all week to people. And one of the things that uh, before we start into uh, uh, this deep collaboration from psychologist to psychologist, I, I want to tell—I want you to tell the people that's listening, because I have a lot of people listening from East Coast to West Coast. How we met? Uh,
0: we met because. Um You were a student at San Diego State, and I finished my program through San Diego State. And I got a call one day that said, uh, the director of the program said, I have an African-American male who needs uh, to work with somebody who is uh, an African-American and we would like for you to work with him. I said, before she could finish, I said, send him to me. Because I realized that the university system isn't always user-friendly to African-American students, especially African-American males. Absolutely. And I knew that I could show you what school psychology was really about and how you could be most effective as a school
2: psychologist, and you have done that.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the list you have
2: made me proud.
1: Well, thank you. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, as, as I look back, I was telling a colleague the other day, and we were talking about mentorship, and I remember uh-huh. talking about you, and I remember just kind of looking at you writing your psychological reports. I looked at you uh, uh, working with the African American students, uh, the, the 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 white students, the Asian students, the Filipino students speaking Spanish. And I remember watching you and saying, "There is no way You're I listening can be to like exciting, this." There, there's printed, no way, and, and where in the world did she come from? Mar- what com. what is going on? Because. A lot of people don't understand that when you look at mentorship, you have to see somebody sometimes that looks like you. Sometimes people that come from where you come from and somebody that connects with you. Uh, A lot of people have this understanding that just because somebody looks like you, they can connect with you. That is absolutely wrong. You have to have all those parameters in place. And I just remember um, you checking my psychological reports and I had all these marks and you say, okay, correct this, correct this. You, you can't talk like you got to say this. You got, and I remember going home and I remember saying, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I just don't know if I have the intelligence. I don't know if I have the, the umph, And if, if you guys don't know what umph means, that means willpower. And I don't know if I have the support, and I guarantee you, when it was all over, I had the support from you. And, and can you speak on that?
0: Well, that, that's the thing. Sometimes um, sometimes university professors look at us and think that the stereotypes about us are, are correct, mm-hmm. and they're not. And often they make the, the work more difficult than it really needs to be. And if you have a mentor who can cut through that, and show you where you can fix the things that you're weak in, mm-hmm. then you, you're ahead of the game. Right. And that yeah. was what I was trying to do way back, what, 15, 16 years ago when, when I was your uh, supervisor, your school site uh, supervisor. Yes. The one thing that I wanted you to know was it's not, mystery, it's not mysterious. Mm. It can be done. But uh, oftentimes, university professors will make it seem like we can't do it because we just don't have what it takes. I had a mentor, and he made it real clear to me that it wasn't a mystery, that you could do it, and don't listen to anybody saying, oh, well, you know, you, you kids can't do this. You African-American kids can't do this. He was very emphatic that we could do it. And that gave me the strength to say, okay, whatever the hurdles are, I can do it. And so I wanted to do that for you.
1: Well, you definitely did that. it's
0: so good to have somebody believe in you as much as you believed in yourself.
1: Well, you know, I I I just
0: wanted to make sure that you got to the point where you really believed in yourself.
1: Right. Well, Well, you know. And you did. Right, right. Well, it's definitely definitely been a journey. I had a teacher today before we get deep into the conversation, and we were talking about uh, looking at academic tests, standardized tests, uh, not only for African Americans but from the Hispanic population. You are bilingual. Uh, you have been right. trying to teach me Spanish for years and I just can't seem to pick it up, but I will. And one of the things the teacher, uh, she, she, she began to stare at me today and she says to me, um, I said, I said, what well, what's going on? She says, man, I, I, I want to know where you're from. And I said, well, I'm, I'm from LA, uh, by the way of North Tulsa, I have kind of two cultures, three cultures. I have a Midwest culture. I have a inner city, uh, Watts culture, I have a military culture also have a homeless shelter culture. I have a single parent culture. And she says, wow, how uh, did you do it? How did I do what? She says, how do you speak so well and still have the dialectic tone and rhythm of a black male? Now, I I got very emotional. And anybody out there listening, uh, you're probably wondering what in the world am I talking about? What I'm talking about is uh, my grandmother sold drugs. My grandmother sold drugs for 30 years. My grandmother was a drug dealer. Uh, In in that family household, uh, we grew apart. Uh, We saw things. I saw things before I was 15 that most men don't even see. And I engaged in things afterwards where, in my mind, there was no hope, no anything. So when she said that to me, It meant a lot because I remember my grandmother saying to me, there's no way you can go to school as as high as you want to be and still keep your authenticity as a black male in the community in which we grew up. And so when I um, spoke to this teacher today, I talked about mentorship. The mentors that I had respected my culture. They respected my mind. And, and, and they respected two other things that I have to, to, to put on the floor. They respected my, my, my family and my community. And I appreciate you now because I have kept up with you. I think I call you every two weeks. Uh, <laughs> More than that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked That's you good. your advice. And I know you're mad at me because you said, hey, call me. Let's speak Spanish. Let's get on the road. And that, my friends, is mentorship. Mentorship doesn't stop mentorship um doesn't go away it doesn't fade away mentorship is for a lifetime and and now i want you to talk about as we get deep into mentorship because when you talk about mentorship you got to talk about leadership what today right. when you when you look around and you've been a university professor at national university you've been a teacher you've been a counselor you're 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 world traveled all around the world can can you tell me like what Institutes mentorship and leadership. How do you look at those two? Because they kind of coincide together.
0: Well, I look at leadership as someone who looks at what other what other, what their mentor the mentees are looking for. Look at them and say, okay, where are their strengths? Where are their weaknesses? Let me guide them towards what they want. Because you notice that over the years, I don't tell you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. I ask you questions that help you decide where you want to go. Right. Then I can lead you to where you want to be. Okay. And they're almost intertwined, mentorship and leadership, because it's not good enough to just tell people what they need. You mm-hmm. have to know what they want, what their goals are. And that's how you can lead them towards what they want. So you notice that when you call me and you say, well, what should I do? What's the first thing I say? Where do you see yourself? What is it that you want to accomplish? And that's how leaders work, and that's how mentors work.
2: Mm. It's almost
0: one and the same.
2: Absolutely. I don't have to
0: control you or tell you what to do. I have to help you figure out what it is you need.
2: I totally and then agree.
0: you go for what you want, and you call me back, and you say, I got it. I did it. Right. And then my next goal is going to be this. Because you never stop making goals and reaching for those goals.
1: Absolutely. And so a
0: good mentor doesn't try to lead you where they want you to go. They lead you where you want to go.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And And then
0: you can own that. You can own it. It doesn't do any good if I lead you to something that you don't own. Right. You have to own that and make it work for you. And And that's why I think that leadership and mentorship are kind of intertwined.
1: And and i tell you, uh, Nell... I hope my mom's listening. My my mother was my first mentor, and what she she, she 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 couldn't give me the educational, but what she did, she gave me God, and she gave and she always told me, whatever you do, put God first and let Him lead you. And I really and and never take the credit and always give Him glory. And I have always did that. And I've not always made the right decisions. Uh, I'm not perfect, um, but I and I, I want to give her honor uh, on today's station. Uh, as his first co-host that I'm doing I'm, I'm co- you are my co-host you are my you are my guest and I am the host and I just want to give praise to God and I want to just give honor to my mother that she distilled some things in that mentorship and, and and she allowed me to understand the mentee and a lot of people don't understand and I want to speak on that today that there's a mentor and the mentee you have to be careful right. that when you're the mentee you're not the mentor and when you're the mentor you're not the mentee and uh, as, yeah. as, as I've been in church and, and I have had uh, uh, different positions in the church, very powerful positions, I always taught that the mentor cannot be uh, jealous of the mentee. Some mentees I had, right. I saw was going to be greater than me. And I want to give a, a, a shout out to Rome DeBase. And he was a, a guy that I have to speak about right now he's uh three four years ago I was doing a, a conference uh, California Association of School psychology and he mm-hmm. walked up to me and he was the only uh, only brother in the in the uh, audience out of seventy people and he walked up and he said these words, "Can you mentor me and i 'm gonna be honest, I looked at him like he lost his mind and and my, and my first thought was uh, can't he see I'm in the middle of something? And he said it again. <laughs> Can you mention me you will not be sorry? And I remember thinking about you. I remember looking at you with these sad puppy dog eyes. And I'm wondering when I went home after I met you, uh, does she like me? <laughs> does she is she <laughs> is, is she gonna flog me? Is she gonna allow me? What in the world? And I saw those same eyes. And Mr. Rome DeVase. De- I looked at Mr. Rome and I said, um, of course. And one thing about a mentor, you want a mentee that's going to listen, uh, right. but have his own mind and his own creativity. That young man today is a, a school psychologist uh, learning to be bilingual in Spanish. And also I think he wants to learn Chinese like myself in the uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, he's going to come on later this week or next week uh, and be the co-host. Uh, great psychologist, uh, young and strong, and he's got that grind. And I want you to speak about uh, um, the obstacles. You're listening to you exciting premium you content on KCWGTheTruth.com. Did, did, you, did, you, oh, no. did you ever Just look back? By the, time, okay. by the time I was
0: uh, asked to mentor you, I was a psychologist. I had been working as a psychologist about four years. But now remember, I had been in education for 24 years. So I understood the school system, and I understood uh, the university system, and I understood the obstacles that uh, especially minority students get because they keep, uh, generally, the effort is made to tell us that, well, you know, you're going to have to work extra hard to to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. When if they would just say what it is that we need, we can figure it out. I I remember uh, telling one of the directors, uh, if you just tell me what I need, I can do it. I don't need you to do it for me. And I think I offended that teacher, that professor, because they were that prepared particular professor liked to make minority students over in her own image mm-hmm. and i was a 40 year old uh, educator when i went to school to become a counselor and a school psychologist so i knew who i was and when she called me and asked me to mentor you all i could think about was this particular professor tried to make me think that i was less than mm-hmm. and it irritated her that i didn't buy it right And I was afraid that that might be happening to you. Right. So when you came in, I knew I was getting an African-American male, and I knew I had to make sure that that African-American male understood that I believed in his potential to do what I was doing. And everything I did was to support you in that. Absolutely. And you did a great job. I can remember a parent advocate who, who charged like $450 an hour said to you, you want to come to work for me? <laughs>
1: yes. you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember that.
0: Yeah, because she saw the potential in you, too. But we had been working together, and you knew what to say, and you knew what to look for. And she picked up on she picked up on that. Absolutely. And that was what I wanted, because I figured if, if even somebody else told you that you had, you had the potential that I said you had, you would even believe it more. And I remember how excited you were. When she said that, because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in that conversation. You came and you said, she told me that she wanted me to come to work for her. <laughs> so yeah,
2: absolutely. you
0: were getting the skill, you were showing people what you had, and that was what I wanted you to get. Absolutely. And that was what you said you wanted.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. So everything
0: that we did, every every step of the way, I wanted you to feel confident that you could do this. And pretty soon you started believing it too. Absolutely. So when your mentor believes in you, even if you have doubts, you start thinking, well, wait a minute, it might. if my mentor believes this, then I'm probably, I'm probably, I probably have the skills to do that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And you did. And I did, yeah. Because
0: it's not a mystery.
1: Right, it's not a mystery. Like
0: they try to make it, oh, this is so hard, you probably aren't going to get it. Well, just show me what it is. Okay. Show okay. me clearly what it is that I need. And if I'm motivated enough, I'll get it. You'll get it. And you were motivated enough enough
1: and you did get it and and not only that nailed that that particular person that we're talking about um is one of the top advocates in the nation and uh um, she 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 doesn't play um and she's uh educational and mental health before we go on a break and i want to take a break i uh i want to throw something out uh and let people know some things when i went to or roberts university in 1992 I remember, uh, and this is for the, for the brothers out there listening, that really want to do something, that they want to want to be somebody professionally. Um, they want to <laughs> embark on something that is really impossible for them, but possible through Christ. I remember being in class, and they let me in on probation at Oral Roberts mm-hmm. University because I applied as a joke. And uh, I remember my first semester, I was uh, in psychology 203. And I had got some credits under my belt. And I remember this little white lady looked at me and um, half the, well, the class was over. And she says, what's going on, psychologist? You're going to be a psychologist. I threw the chair at her. I threw the chair at her. And I threw the, <laughs> I threw the chair at her. <laughs> and I remember throwing the chair at her because she offended me. She offended my character. She had really offended my self-esteem, my self efficacy. Um, But really really what it was is she she hit my potential and my spirit wasn't ready for it because I didn't train my spirit for success. See, a lot of people out there, you got to hear me, you got to train your spirit for success. And a lot of people said, oh, it's about Christian doctrine. No, it's not. It's about being a balance of all things, being uh, spiritual, natural, emotionally balanced, nutritionally balanced, mentally balanced, educationally balanced, understanding the law, understanding credit, understanding finances. And when you get to that point, you will be so empowered. But let me tell you something. Somebody had to get you there. Somebody had to mentor you and put some information in front of you for you to get it. Now, I threw the chair at her. That lady did not call the police on me. She looked at me and I had uh, uh, my daughter. My daughter wasn't in the Uh I was a single parent with raising a little girl. She knew that, and she felt sorry for him. And She says, I don't care if you throw another chair. You're going to be a psychologist. I claim it. And I want to I say on the air, you have to claim what you want to be. You have to claim what you want to become. And you got to just know it. And I, I wanted to say that on the air because there's a lot of brothers out there that are asking the question, how do I do it? How do I do? I have all these obstacles. I got bills. I got bad credit. I got baby mamas, drama. I got all of this stuff. I'm from the hood or I'm from whatever hood you're from. It doesn't matter what color you're from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can do it. And we're going to take a station break now, but I'm going to come back and I I want to throw some knowledge, uh, biblical, natural knowledge on some stages as a mental health professional that you can do, our listeners can do to... Build their morale, build their motivation, and look at toward their vision. I want you to stay tuned to KCWG, thetruth.com. Go get a snack. Go get some donuts, uh, some nutritional, hopefully. I know I'm trying to lose a little weight, and we will be back soon. All right.
2: Joy that you promised me, tell me it's alright, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I almost gave up, People. You look so much better when you smile, so smile. <laughs> now every day ain't gonna be perfect, but it still don't mean today don't have purpose. Ooh, come on! Today's a new day, but there is no sunshine. Nothing but clouds and it's dark in my heart and it feels like a cold night. It ain't easy, bud. Today's a new day, but tell me where are my blues? Where is that love, y'all? Where is the love and the joy that you promised me? Tell me it's alright. The truth is. I almost gave up on a power that I can't explain. That Holy Ghost power, y'all. Fell from heaven like a shower down.
3: Now, I know we've been hurt, y'all,
2: but still. I I smile. Come on. smile smile for me smile can you just smile for me (laughs) and my people say You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWG.
1: You're listening to exciting premium content on This is KCWG, the com. You're listening to the best internet radio station on the planet. You're here with T. Russ, psychologist, therapist. California area, Los Angeles area, San Bernardino area. My guest, Neil Clark, school psychologist, counselor, teacher, university professor, and my mentor. Uh, You were listening to the man, Kirk Franklin. Uh, (laughs) The spirit goes on. We were finishing Neil and uh, talking about mentorship. And uh, I am so glad that you are definitely uh, my mentor. Uh, I wanted to uh, let the audience know that in 10 minutes before the show, I will take calls. And so I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the, on the show. It's the first show um, that I host. And uh, it doesn't matter uh, where you're from or your comments. Uh, just keep it respectful and intelligent. And I want to hear your vibe. I want to go over, uh, Nell, with, some, with some, some deep things. And these okay. things that I want to go over... I'm gonna kind of put it out in the air into the spirit, and I, and and therefore young men and women, uh, no matter their nationality, their ethnicity, that can take a hold. And, and so, if you're out there right now, get comfortable, get you a pencil, get you a pad, and take these notes. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna vibe a little bit and throw some strategies out that people can. And I want you to also chime in when I'm uh, done now. And I want you to really. Uh, uh, share your thoughts about what I'm about to say. Um, okay. I want to talk about mentorship in a, in a form of, a, of an assignment. And I want to throw these nuggets out to anybody that's listening that if you follow this rubric, uh, I really ble- I really believe it's going to bless you. Number one, your assignment is any problem you're designed to solve. Any assignment that you have Any problem you're assigned to, that's what you're designed to solve. Number two, what you love is a clue to the gifts and the wisdom you contain to bring forth your destiny. Number three, what you hate is a clue to something you are assigned to correct. Say it one more time. What you hate is a clue to something you are assigned to to correct or adjust. And I'll leave the last three words to be holy. A lot of people don't understand that. When you're holy, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that you live a life of repentance. I try to live a life of repentance all the time and understand these nuggets I'm throwing out so that God can bless my order. I'll say it again, that God can bless my order. Let me go on. Anger is a passion that you need to create change. Therefore, use it wisely, not just because you have it inside you. There's a lot of people that have the passion, and a lot of times the passion comes from anger. Uh, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Uh, the only reason I made it through school is because people told me that I would never would be nothing, so I took that anger, and, it, and God made it into passion, okay? The next one is, the most powerful thing in the world is a question. Answers hide from questions. Number four, what grieves you is a clue to something you are assigned to heal. Boom. Boom. What grieves you is a clue to something you're assigned to heal. Next one, examine your emotions. It may be the spirit warning you from the evil intent of others. Next one, your assignment is always geographically in nature because there are places you are not accepted or wanted because you were not sent there by God. When God sends you somewhere, he sends you in a season. He sends you in a provision. He sends you somewhere where he, his work can be completed. Always remember that. Also remember, when you are where God has placed you, nobody can complete with you or destroy you or stop you or mission if God sent you there. The next one, if you rebel against your assignment, God may permit painful experiences to correct you for he chastens those that he loves. The last two, Your assignment will require seasons of preparation. God's training you for the greater assignment. The longer the training, the stronger the pain. Pain is therefore a reminder of hope, of staying alive. And always remember that it's temporary. Pain is always temporary. Last one, you will only succeed when your assignment becomes an obsession to please God. He only knows how it ends. I want you to let you know today that he knows the end and before the beginning. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And I would not be here if Nell wasn't there. And if Nell wasn't there, then something's wrong because she is there. God puts everybody in place for a reason. He does it geographically. He does it mentally, emotionally. He does it educationally. And the very ones that they count out become great. I want you to speak on that now. And if anything that reaches out to you that touches you in those assignments of mentorship, being a mentee, being someone that actually can make it, what do you feel about that, what, of what you heard?
0: Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: it is. I threw a lot out.
0: <laughs> well, well, I think that my first mentor were my parents. Okay. And so from a very early age. I was told that you will accomplish. You get to decide what you want to accomplish, but you will accomplish. Okay, And that stuck with me forever. And I was fortunate enough to have teachers. I didn't have African-American teachers, but I had teachers who saw that and who nurtured that. To the point where when I was teaching, I I was about 30 years old, and my eighth grade teacher was one of my mentors. He took uh, an assignment to come and review, you know, there's a, a, a committee that comes to review schools to make sure that they are in compliance with the state laws. He took an assignment at a school where I was. I didn't know he was still following my life. And he came to my school, and we went out to dinner uh, at the airport, and he said to me, I thought you would be a counselor. I said, strange that you should say that. I think I was 29 at the time. I said because I'm getting ready to start a program for counseling, and that was my my when I, that was my my master's my first master's degree, and I got that one in education, but I told him I am going to be a counselor. That's my goal, and pretty soon I was doing counseling at my school with students who would just walk into my classroom. Okay. And one day a counselor said, I'm not coming back anymore. And I walked into the principal's office and I said, I want to be a counselor. I'm enrolling in the counselor training program. And he said, well, you have a reputation for counseling kids right now. So get that counseling credential and you can be the full-time counselor. I was doing half teaching and half counseling without the degree. So that's that's how I really understood that that really was my calling, that that was what I was put here to do. Awesome. And I got that degree and I became the head counselor right away. But I was also training. I stayed in the program to become a school psychologist
1: because Mm,
0: as I was studying counseling, I was finding out that school psychologists could do more for kids, especially African-American kids who were being warehoused. And that was a bad thing that was happening in the education system. It was teachers who didn't know how to deal with African-American and Latino kids were saying, well, they automatically need to be in special ed. Right. And when I found out that the school psychologist could cut a lot of red tape and stop that, that was the next goal that I had. Okay. And I became a school psychologist. And there were obstacles because, you know, we had a director who, like I said, wanted to make us over in her image, and I wasn't interested in being made over in her image. Okay. I was interested in being who I was. Absolutely. I was perfectly fine being who I was, but I wanted to broaden that and work with kids, and help kids get through school who were being told they could never make it. Absolutely, I was never told that, and because I was given a lot of encouragement, I wanted to provide that for other students, Mm. for kids who were coming through the program and not getting the support at home or at school that I had always gotten. So, you know, Martin Luther King said, a life unexamined is no life. Right. And I felt that I was examining my life because I truly believe in body, spirit, and mind being together so that you can provide the best that you are, Right. and that's what I was doing, and I accomplished that. Absolutely. And so after I started doing that for kids at the secondary level, then I thought, well, I can do that for students at the college level, too, and so I became a supervisor of teachers and counselors and school psychologist.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, you
0: absolutely. are right when you say you have to claim it. Got to claim and it. And I claimed it, and I ran with it. Wow. And it continues to pay off to this day in terms of having a life that's examined and that I'm completely happy with.
1: That's awesome. I, I want to. Does that,
0: does that answer your question? Well,
1: yeah, it did. And it, and it also brought some even conviction. Um, I, oh, yeah. As, as I listen to you, I want to give out a shout. To Hannibal, Missouri, um, to the Williams family, I, I want to specifically give a shout out to uh, Harold and uh, Louise Williams, which were my, uh, you know, they were like mothers and fathers to me through marriage. So they taught me. I I, me- I remember looking at. Uh, I remember looking at my mother-in-law, and she did group homes and hospital, mental health hospitals, and I remember. Being with her and she's saying, you are the laziest man I've ever seen in my life. And I said, <laughs> I, I remember saying to her, I'm military. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I went to brag. I went to all these places. Uh, I almost went to war. You're still lazy. You're, you're lazy. And I could not understand her style. And We got close, and we got close, and we would fight all the time. And, man, I would say about 10 years in, man, she taught me how to run a business. She taught me how, and he taught me how to walk with God. Um, It was amazing. I never forgot it because I never had a dad that taught me anything. So he was like my dad. And he had sons that he taught also to be great. But I always tried in my mind to be that favorite not to uh, railroad them is because I never felt what it meant to be a son. I never felt mentorship um, in my life before I started going to school and had you as a mentor. So other than okay. my mother, because my mother didn't know much, my grandmother a drug dealer, my aunt a prostitute, dealing on crack. I got so many issues in my family. Sometimes you need to pull from somebody that's not like you. And so – um, I pulled that knowledge. Um, they didn't go to college. Um, they, they they didn't they didn't have all the money in the world, but God blessed them to be millionaires and I just would watch them and say how did you do it and they would always give glory to God they would have that cross out in heavenly acres uh in Missouri and you would go by and they had that big cross and that they that 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 man my mother, father-in-law would get down on his knees and he would walk that farm and he would give praise God and he and I never forgot it and so that mentorship stay if you here out there today if you if, if you want God to touch you. Ask for a mentor that knows how to touch God. Ask for a mentor that knows how to look inside you and not look at the bad things that you do because we all bad. Paul said, we all are sinners. We all, we beat ourselves black and blue. We are nothing, we are as filthy rags. But you want a mentor that can look past all that junk that's in us and say, I'm going to help you regardless of anybody help you. And I thank you Nell. Um, And I think my, 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 I call them my parents, you know, I call them pops and call them mom and she's not doing well uh, right now. And, and, and I, and I pray for her and I prayed for her and I miss her and I miss him. And that's the sign of a mentor. If you don't miss a mentor, you didn't have mentorship. I'll say it again. If you don't miss the mentor, you, you didn't have a good mentor. or You weren't a good mentee. And I'm very, very strong on respecting the mentor Respect the mentor that God has placed in your life. I know you have a son now. Um, uh, he's a very awesome guy. He's a, a gamer, very successful. Uh, you mentored him, You're and I hope he's exciting listening exciting tonight that you have an awesome KCWG mother. And, uh, uh, is there anything you want to say to the li- listeners uh, before we start taking calls and or we go to a station break that you feel compelled in your, in your heart now to, to, to leave our listeners with?
0: All I want to leave the listeners with is that I am so proud of you.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything you can tell the young psychologists that are coming up, the young social workers, oh, yeah. the young oh, yeah. that, that are in if these degree programs? Find, huh? if, if
0: you can find a mentor who you can connect with, they will be in your life forever. And you can count on them to be there for you, whether it's something personal or whether it's something professional. Because a true mentor wants nothing but the best for you.
1: That's awesome. Nell.
0: That's what—that's the advice I would give uh, young, young people who want to be school psychologists or right. any kind of professional. If you have a mentor in your life awesome. who cares enough about you to be available to you whenever you need them, keep them in your life.
1: Absolutely. Well, Nail, and man, you will it's, be blessed. It's been uh, great having you. Um, I was looking for it all week to having my mentor Me here Me <laughs> uh, on, on the radio. And uh, yeah. before we take a station break, I just want to give you uh, a total deep respect, and we I wish you all the blessings in the world. Uh, we don't even speak about luck. We talk about blessings. This is KCWG, The truth.com You're listening to T. Russ, Real Love, Real Talk. You cannot have real talk without real love. We're going to take a station break, hear a little music, go get a little something to eat. Lounge a little bit and come back. Stay tuned. Church, and
2: uh, <laughs> we've all found that out tonight. And um, I started singing this song to God. Well, uh, over my life, I started declaring it over my life, and I started saying, "There's a miracle in this room with my name. Only. There's a healing in this room, and it's here for me." Yeah. As a breakthrough in this room, it's got thy name.
1: kcwg the troop.com you're listening to your host t russ west coast and you're listening to the best internet radio station on the planet i hope everybody uh is uh really taking this in and doing well today and uh well i know i am enjoying this california rather and uh i hope it's, if it's snowing where you are i don't want to be there um we were having one of the greatest guests i ever had on the even though it's my first show, my mentor, uh, Nail Clark out of San Diego. Um, I want to start taking calls. And uh, if you are listening on this station and you want to vibe with me a little bit, um, I'd like to hear comments. Um, come on. We're waiting.
2: Room. Room. And it's here for me. And
1: it is here for. Say there's a great thing in this room. Oh. Oh. Here we go. So what you gonna do? We're back at KCWGTruth.com. And I want to tell you all listeners that uh let me give you the number to call in at 951-520-1037. Uh again, 951-520-210 one zero three seven i'm gonna take a little break and i'm gonna wait for some calls if not i'm uh, gonna break down uh, the remaining of the show and uh and some inspirational things that god has shared with me and keep listening uh to kcwg the your host t russ real love real talk we'll be back in a minute
2: On on truth. Truth. Com. You're Here com.
1: with T. Russ West Coast Real Love Real Truth We're going to go online with a caller And uh, before we do that um, I just want to appreciate all that's listening And uh, just relax it back on the chair Get some lemonade and a donut Maybe not the donut How about uh, carrot sticks That's what I'm doing And uh, let's take a caller Hello Caller, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, how you doing, sir?
3: T. Russ. Hey, my brother, Rome.
1: Rome, how you doing, sir? How you doing?
3: Hey, man. Sounds like you've been doing this for a while. I know you've been on the air for all of 54 minutes, but it sounds like you've been on the air for a good
1: while, wow, my brother. Hey, man. I tell you what, it's happy to hear you, man. You know, I was talking about you, and for the listeners out there, this is Mr. Rome DeVase. And uh, I-, I want you, Sorry. you know, I-, I let them know that um, that uh, you came up in a conference when I was uh, uh, speaking for the California Association of School Psychology, and you just came up and say, man, I-, I need a mentor. Can you mentor me? I want you to talk about that experience, man, and experiences that you had as a uh, psychologist now. Uh, you're doing very well. I'm very proud of you. And I, I- want you to speak on My some brother. things. Yes, sir.
3: Well, I appreciate that, man. It seems like it hasn't been that long ago, but it was all of 5 years ago. That was 2011. I was just coming up out of the graduate program that I was in. Um, first of all, I want to give kudos to your your previous guest Nell. She was definitely telling my story, and a lot of things that she was talking about was truly resonating with me because I was reflecting on some of my own experiences with the same type of interactions with people that sort of gave off a vibe that you had to question whether or not you really deserve to be there. And so we'll have to speak at length about that at times. But when I saw you at that conference in 2011, five years ago, man, but what you saw was I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I
2: do.
3: I was hungry, and I wanted it. And sometimes necessity is the mother of all movement. I was hungry, and I was after something. And I think that day you were on the panel speaking about working with the homeless population because there was – something in your life that you spoke to with regard to having that connection to that population that in our school systems, and I'm saying ours if I'm down in Southern California, but down in Los Angeles, we've had a rising population of students who were identified as homeless
1: homeless and
3: requiring services. And so you were on a panel speaking about that, and I was just taken by the things that you were saying. You moved me, and you, we, we were kind of vibing off that same thing. You were the only brother up there. <laughs> there were some sisters up there, but you were the only brother up there. Right. I was the only brother in the audience, so I said, <laughs> let me go holler at him. Okay. And I said, what's happening? And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember the first words you said to me. What I said, we probably remember this differently. Well, we probably remember it differently. But first thing you said to me, because I know I probably put it out there that I was looking for work, and the first thing you said to me was two words not you're fired, but we are hiring. Well, that's three (laughs) words, but you said we're hiring. (laughs) And so, ever since then, that I would say those two words right there really kicked off what came to be a wonderful relationship that we've had, you and I, ongoing. Ever since, whether I was down in Southern California or whether I'm now up here in Northern California. And I don't want to bore your listeners too much with the details of what I'm doing right now, but I would just say that... Go ahead. I want to know. Well, I I, I would just say, speaking the truth, when it comes to the mentorship piece, because all I've done, the things that you've done to me or for me and on my behalf, I have turned around and given back to others. And so it is a lifetime endeavor. And so for those that... um, Inspire to do something a little bit different, It's kind of like what you said a few minutes ago, God will put people in place in your life to help you at those junctions in your life when you need them. And for me, you were one of those people that showed up exactly when I needed you, my brother. So to you, much respect, man. And thank you.
1: Oh, no problem. Um, before you go, uh, what do you, you know, if someone were to ask you, what did the mentor do for you? What, what would you, How would you break that down in terms of uh, to our audience, uh, how, what does that what does that look for that that mentee or that mentor piece? What does it look like specifically?
3: I couldn't quite hear all that question. Was your question what was what does the mentor do for me?
1: Yeah, what what did what did the mentoring like? What does it look like? What what did that look like? Mentoring, were you receiving a mentor? How did it look? Because some some of the listeners uh, that are mentees or that want a mentor, they might not know what a mentor involves. Uh, does that mentor call? Do you call that mentor? How's the contact? How's the communication? Um, is it a struggle? Is it not? Why don't you speak about that for a couple of minutes before, you know, the show ends?
3: Okay. Uh, it, it sort of has a natural flow and something that Nell was saying was very true. You, you find those people and you connect with people who you can really connect with. And when you sense that, that person, that aspiring mentor that you have in mind has your best interests at heart those dynamics sort of take care of themselves. And so when she was speaking about how she met you and how you were brought to her attention, what she was saying was she was reflecting back on what it was like for her coming up and not having somebody like her that was now being in place or putting in place to be there for you. She was Absolutely. reflecting on wishing that she had that. And I think what that says is, For me, to to put it in a a nutshell, mentorship is do no harm. Those three words, do no harm. harm. You want to truly do unto others the way you wish you had had people do unto you. So you want to set a good example. You want to make sure you're doing things right because you know people are watching. You want to hold yourself to high standards and be able to be accountable without being asked to be accountable. Let people know where you are and what you're doing, even if they don't ask you to. You're accountable. You're responsible. If you mess up, own it. That's right. But you learn the beauty from the mentorship side by being able to help somebody through a difficult time.
1: Absolutely. And there's
3: nothing more difficult than realizing that you made a mistake with all these special education timelines that we have to deal with. And so I would say, quickly, uh, do no harm. And perhaps the biggest or, excuse me, the, the, the most profound blessing that comes from it is probably being able to help someone through a struggle of self-doubt and being able to remind them of who they are and that where they're going, you're going to help them get there. And by hook or by crook, we're (laughs) going to get you over this wall. If I got to pull you up, and take you with me.
1: But we're going to get you there. We're going to get you That's there. That's what mentorship is. That's, uh, well, you, well, you said it all, man. And, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you are going to be Great. one of the co-hosts down the road. I'm looking forward to your collaboration with me. You have did wonderful things, man. I'm so excited. You're listening if the people to out there listening right content now, it's all about relationships, it's all about love, it's all about patience, com. it's all about enduring. Um, there's no way we could all do this by ourselves. If you think you did it by yourself, you're in La La Land, what we call La La Land on the West Coast. And it's like this fantasy Hollywood that you did there and you arrived by yourself. God, he picked you up and he carried you. And he allowed other people to pick you up and carry you. I will leave you with this. There you you know, I I I am so grateful of being in a position um, of influence. I tell people all the time, and I have youngsters, they look at me and they say, man, you make money. You're doing really well. I, uh, wow, I wish I could be like you. And I would tell them like this, man, I have only been doing this 17 years. The 35 years I haven't been doing, I was in poverty. It doesn't matter where right. you come from. It doesn't matter uh, your culture. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your background as far as not having any money. Where your people come from. Right. What matters is you keep a sincere heart, you keep it 100. And that's why this talk show is so sincere. It's real love, real talk. You cannot have real talk unless you have real love. I thank you for joining my brother, Ron DeVase. I'm going to see you in a a little while where you co-host. Our next segment, we may continue on the mentorship, talking about how to be transparent in leadership. I'm throwing a lot of these things out because... We could talk about all the things in the world and the people that dine on the streets and the homeless and the education and the politics of who's going to be the new president. But the two things that stand out to me is mentorship and leadership. If we can get those two things down, we can go on and talk about some deep, deep things on this show. Thank you for being with me. Uh, those that are on the East Coast, West Coast, up north, down south. This is your host, T. Russ. My guest, Ron DeVace. And you are with KCWG, truth.com. You're listening to the best internet radio planet actually in the world. Good night, and I'll see you next Thursday at 6 o'clock every week. Peace.
0: just listened to an exclusive kcwg the program on our subscription premium content channel thank you again for your support of kcwg the the best internet radio on the planet